Hello, I'm Hannah, and welcome to Where We Stand, the podcast that covers issues in American society and politics from the perspective of an often unheard group, the teens. Hosted by me, a teenager, I hope you gain some insight into our side of the story. So today I've decided to discuss a topic that's been in the headlines recently. We're talking about George Floyd, police brutality, and Black Lives Matter. On May 25th, Floyd died after being detained by officers, one of them, Derek Chauvin, kneeling on his neck for almost nine minutes. Cops have to be held accountable for their actions. Yes, people do make mistakes, but kneeling on someone's neck for nine minutes is not an accident nor a mistake. The four officers involved were fired, and Chauvin was charged with third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter, and later second-degree murder. The other three officers were also charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder and manslaughter. Since then, there have been more people who have died from shootings or riots, etc. Floyd became a martyr for the Black Lives Movement, um, and protests popped up all over the country, but they're not just about him, but rather the whole issue of police brutality and racism in the United States. This year alone, 576 people were killed by the police in the U.S. Black people are three times more likely to be killed by police than white people, yet they are 1.3 times more likely to be unarmed. That is extremely unnecessary and a clear indicator of something deeper than just a one bad cop or someone who's corrupt. It's a huge issue in the U.S. that's stemmed down from generations of racism here. So what exactly is Black Lives Matter? Well, it's a movement that pushes for nonviolent protests of incidents of police brutality and racism against black people in the U.S., In current events, they have played a larger role in pushing for justice for people like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, and more. Now, on the counter side, we have All Lives Matter, which is a counter movement to Black Lives Matter, created and supported by ignorance and by people who are often uninformed and or racist. I don't believe they are all racist, but rather they don't understand the Black Lives Matter movement. They think that it's trying to take away from them and put other people in the spotlight instead of themselves, which in one way is um, a bit ignorant. You shouldn't always feel like you have to be the one who everyone's paying attention to. Sometimes other people need more help, and in this case, that's black people. Um, Typically, people who support All Lives Matter don't believe racism is an issue anymore, or they just completely deny that systematic racism is a thing, so they think that the movement is useless or uncalled for. But that is just not the case. It's still a huge issue here. You can ask anyone who is of color or anyone who knows someone like that who has most likely experienced some form of racism in their life. One of the main issues is that people keep trying to make it political. It's always left versus right, Democrats versus Republicans. But racism shouldn't be a political issue. Everyone should be against it, and we should all be working together to fight it. Black Lives Matter does not mean that other lives don't, okay? So, for example, one analogy people like to use to describe it is your neighbor's house is on fire and yours isn't, yet you ask the firemen to, like, put water on your house. If your house isn't on fire, why do you need to hose it down? That's the same argument All Lives Matter is trying to use. Black people need more help. That is why there is a movement for them. White people do not need help right now, okay? They just don't. One thing that was really sad was seeing our vice president, Mike Pence, say All Lives Matter when people were asking him to say Black Lives Matter. It's just 
a really sad indicator of the state of our country where someone of such high authority won't even address the truth and they choose to support such a sad and ignorant cause. So what exactly is the history of police brutality and racism in the U.S.? Well, racism goes all the way back to the beginnings of the U.S. Slavery, obviously, was the biggest thing, but even after emancipation, African Americans were still put in worse positions than the average American. For example, sharecropping, the system in which black families would rent plots of land from a wealthy landowner to grow their crops to a, um, for a percentage of the crops grown, left many of them in debt for generations. It was a vicious cycle, and from there, racism and segregation left black people still in worse positions than whites, which continued on for generations, because many had parents who either didn't understand the importance of a good education or couldn't provide one for their kids, it was really hard for them, um, hard for them to get out of this cycle of hardship. And now people continue to deny discrimination against black people in America due to systematic racism. Um, for those who don't know, systematic racism is racism shown in social and political institutions. For example, the legal system here, um, the justice system, where, um, Approximately 47% of approximately 2,000 exonerated individuals in the National Registry of Exonerations in 2017 were black people, whereas the other 53% were a mix of different races. Um, that's just one indicator of how black people are always put down for things, for example, that they didn't do in this case. And it shows that the system has been incarcerating them wrongfully. Um... People from All Lives Matter like to use the argument that there are just corrupt police officers, which is true. But when there's so many that, like I said, almost half of the exonerated people were black, it doesn't become just an issue of one or two cops. It's a huge problem. And if so many people are being exonerated wrongfully, or sorry, not exonerated, um, incarcerated wrongfully, or they're being killed for something just because of their race, you just it's not an issue of corrupt police officers anymore. And those people also like to deny the experiences of African Americans because they think that, oh, I haven't seen it, so it can't possibly be true. The main problem I have is America refuses to acknowledge the twisted truth. Racism is huge here. Um, here in the US, everyone is extremely patriotic about our country and a lot of people refuse to even think that there's anything wrong with us. But because of that, we have just been denying the truth, which is that racism is a big problem. So I personally have not experienced racism against me or anyone I know personally, just a couple snarky um, comments when I was younger. But I don't um, like to not acknowledge what other people are saying. Like, I don't believe just because I haven't seen it that it's not possible. I understand other people have experienced things like that which is what I think everyone needs to do. They need to realize that a lot of us are very pri privileged to not have experienced something like that, but not everyone is. Um, as a member of my generation, I really do worry for the future of our country. I don't want to live in a place where my friends, my classmates, or anyone has to experience things like Trayvon Martin or Breonna Taylor or George Floyd or any of the other countless people who have shared their fate. It scares me, and living here is something that I want to be able to be proud of, and I'm just not with the way it is. I'm mainly embarrassed to say that I live here, and I'm also embarrassed by the supposed adults of this country who should be looking at this and thinking, 
We need to fix it. Not saying things like all lives matter because that's not helping anyone. That's only making the cause smaller than it is. One issue is the Confederate statues. They are not kept up to embrace our history. They are there because our country is unapologetically racist. We're not going to forget our history without them, okay? We should put them in museums or we can remember those people in history books. But statues are there to commemorate people and commemorating the losers, the Confederacy, the people who stood for racism should not be allowed. It's the same issue with Confederate flags. Everyone has their First Amendment right to fly them, but they shouldn't because you flying something like that is accepting that you are okay with everything they stood for. And one of those things is slavery. I've seen the argument people use that, oh, it's about only being pushed so far. It's about states' rights, but it's not. When you fly that, you are accepting everything. And it's the same thing with Confederate statues. If you are showing that, it means you're okay with what they did. If you really want to put up statues commemorating the Civil War, you put up the heroes, you put up Grant, you put up Lincoln, and you explain the story and why those other people are not up. To switch gears a little bit to violence at protests, um, looting and destruction have been a big issue. Again, with the Confederate statues, people have been destroying them, which I understand. I personally don't believe in looting. You're just using protests as an excuse for people to steal, which is wrong. You're completely demeaning the cause and what it stands for and just using it out of greed. I also advise against rioting because peaceful is always the best way to go if possible, but I understand certain targeted acts like um, destroying police cars or the police department or confederate statues. Again, I don't like destruction, But the meaning behind them, I get. Because what the people who are destroying the police cars or the police station are trying to say is, you took a life and you will never be able to take that back. No matter how much we destroy, we will never be able to make up for one lost life that shouldn't have been lost. Um, Some of the sayings that have been popular at protests have been, I can't breathe or no justice, no peace. Because George Floyd said, I can't breathe. And that's the sad reality for many people here of color, where they feel as if they can't say anything or they're scared for their lives whenever anything happens because they could possibly be hurt by the police or anyone who's racist. Because, for example, um, a lot of African-Americans, they won't call the police in issues um, where they have been fighting someone because they're worried that they will be the ones who get in trouble instead of the other side, which is extremely unfair. Uh, Besides that, since then, the National Guard has been deployed in many cities to squash protests, which is a whole issue in itself because the military really does not have a place in interfering with First Amendment rights. They've been using tear gas and rubber bullets against protesters when many of them remain peaceful. There have been situations where no one has done anything and suddenly the tear gas is released and people are having to run away out of the streets to get away and they're crying and there's pain for no reason. And I think that's extremely disappointing and a huge disgrace to our country on behalf of the government. I don't think that was right at all. One instance I think was really cool though was the Chaz in Seattle. Weeks ago, protesters claimed six blocks of the city as a police-free zone. Um, I think that's really impressive that they managed to do that, first of all, because the government has a lot of power here. 
And I also think that um, it's very interesting that they showed what a community is like without the police. Um, Seattle off officials have since said that they are working to dismantle it. But um, I get what the message was. And I think that it's very cool because even though I do believe we need people to protect us, I don't think the police has been doing that well. So I see the purpose of them, but it's not being executed properly. So if something like that was to change in the future, I would want there to be a lot of police reform personally. Um, a change where they're not doing things, they're not violent towards people so much, but they can still protect us and make us feel as if they're supporting us, not as if we should be scared of them, which is one of the things many people will agree with now um, is an issue because I'm personally scared of the police. I know plenty of other people are. Even if we haven't done anything wrong, I feel uneasy around them. So what exactly has been the government's response to all this? Well, the Minneapolis City Council, which was the city in which George Floyd was killed, um, they have pledged to disband the police department. What does that mean? What will it look like? They're planning to replace it with a new form of public safety. They haven't really come out with any details as to how exactly that will work. Um, I think it's a good idea, especially in Minneapolis, because the police has such like a negative connotation now there, and it's only holding the city back. There's so many bad memories, especially now with George Floyd surrounding it. I think there would have not been a way for them to just reform it and go back to it. I think everyone would have still had this memory of that. So I think the fact that they're choosing to replace it with something else is good. I just don't know what they're planning on replacing it with, which is a bit scary because they are supposed to protect us. But at the same time, when you look at it, for many people, the police was never about safety. It was always scary to them. So I think generally it's a good idea. Um, in addition, many Minneapolis police officers have resigned recently due to a lack of support from the city and department and also because there's a lot of hate within the community for them right now. Like I said, we need police reform. Some um, ideas I like personally are banning chokeholds, um, making officers wear body cameras with sound on at all times is one good idea. So that way um, we know what happened because a lot of times people aren't able to film it and in the end it's the police's word against the victim. And in a lot of cases, the police is not held accountable for their actions, which is a huge issue. Um, which is another thing. I think they should be held accountable because 99% of killings by cops from 2013 to 2019 did not result in the officer being charged with anything, which makes no sense. Like I said, I get mistakes, but after so many, it's not a matter of making mistakes. It's a targeted thing and you know what you're doing. So, um, another thing people have been doing is implementing curfews in cities to avoid chaos at night from rioters which I think is smart, but a lot of people have also been ignoring that and continuing to riot. So what about our president? What has he been saying about all this? Well, he has called protesters anarchists, agitators, looters, and lowlifes. He's calling all protesters that. The peaceful ones, the ones who are doing more. And he's also called for military force against them, when, like I said, they have no right interfering in something like protesters' right to freedom of speech. I think it's absolutely horrific that he stands against the protesters rather than with them. In a time like this, when 
so many people have been killed and we just want justice for them. The fact that he's calling the people who are fighting for that justice lowlifes is absolutely ridiculous. And that is, again, one of the main reasons I am not proud to say that I live here. It's super embarrassing to talk about with people and I just, I hate that. So why can't he just stand for what's right? How corrupt can you get to the point where you call people protesting for justice lowlifes? It's not a political issue, which is something he's been making it into. It's the liberals versus the conservatives. Everyone should be against racism. Again, with Mike Pence saying all lives matter, it isn't about everyone. Of course, everyone's lives matter, okay? But it isn't about that right now. We have a focus. We have people who really need more help. So we should focus on that and stop denying the truth. Again, um, I think Trump has been pretty, I think name-calling people is pretty idiotic and immature. Leave that to children. As a teenager, watching the president of the United States stoop lower than I would, I mean, honestly, quite, I'm quite frankly disgusted. I don't want to call him my president. Just someone of such high power and who people are supposed to look up to, doing things like that is so detrimental to the American image. Other countries do not respect people who have a president like that, okay? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. I don't have respect for a president who does that. But to switch to a more positive note, I guess, um, how can you support the movement as a civilian? Well, one thing, you can donate money if you have... um, enough money to do that sort of thing. Um, If you don't have that in your budget, you can protest, but I advise against that just because corona is still a really big thing here. It did not go away no matter what the government is telling you, so you should still be careful about that or at least take precautions before you go out. Um, You can sign petitions for justice for people like Breonna Taylor or George Floyd. Um, You can show solidarity for the struggles of Blacks in America and also Black Lives Matter. Just say their names. George Floyd, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown. Just make sure they're not forgotten. We don't want the movement to slow down just because time has passed. Um, Support Black creators and businesses. There's probably a bunch um, in your local area that you can support or look online, find some places that have stuff that you really like and you can help promote them. Um, One of the biggest things you can do is just educate yourself on the cause. That doesn't cost anything. It's just reading books, listening to podcasts, watching videos to learn about being anti-racist. It's all a big thing. That's actually one thing I wanted to talk about, being anti-racist. It's not enough to just say you're against racism and not do anything about it. You have to be actively fighting and saying that this is not okay. And another thing, spreading awareness. Educate others around you about what Black Lives Matter really is. It's not taking away from anyone else. It's just getting the help and showing awareness for those who really do need it. Um, Also, a really important thing you can do is just vote. Vote if you're of age. Vote against racists and those who don't support Black Lives Matter or what it stands for and also vote for those who do support, okay? So in conclusion, what happened to Floyd was not an isolated incident. Um, Racism is still a huge problem today in the U.S. and it's not going to go away anytime soon if we don't do anything about it. We need to be informed and work towards true equality where race really does not matter. I wish they would tell us this stuff in history class, honestly. 
teach us what Juneteenth is. I learned what all of that stuff was from Snapchat, which has done more for the fight for true black equality and recognition than the White House has recently. That is so depressing. I shouldn't be learning about this stuff from some app I downloaded to keep in touch with friends, okay? It's great that they're doing that, but I should really be learning about this from school or the government should be spreading awareness themselves. There's not a lot I can say that's positive about what has happened recently besides the fact that the Black Lives Matter movement has gotten a lot more attention, which is awesome for them. But again, that's why we have to keep talking about it. We can't just forget. And um, I'm glad more people are working towards change because that's what we really need to do. If we keep spreading awareness and refuse to forget what happened, change is possible. And that's really all I have to say. So thank you for listening to my podcast. 